You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. And now, uh, Marzi, we're going to chat to one of your good friends and my co-commentator when it comes to NBL Live. Rupert Sapwell's on the line. Thanks to Mate 5G mobile plans from $40. 5G plans in every state or territory. Why wait? Switch to Mate. Rupert Sapwell, welcome to Sports ASA. Gentlemen, it is great to be here. It's like a Saturday night dinner table, man. <laughs> we just haven't got the cards. <laughs> or the red wine. <laughs> Let's have the wine. Sapper, uh, before we talk about what's coming up for the 36ers, let's talk about last weekend. They had a really good win on Thursday over Melbourne United and uh, then a hard-fought loss to the Breakers in New Zealand on Sunday. Yeah, it was a good weekend. And, you know, normally we did... The Adelaide 36ers go one-on-one on, one on weekend. You go, eh, you know, maybe not. But from where they were to where they are going to, massive, massive difference. And, you know, comment on the um, Melbourne United game first, this is something like, I don't know, eight games in a row that we hadn't won over there or something like that. So that's a long, dry spell. So, yeah, and they're going bad at the moment. I don't actually think Melbourne United are going to get out of that bottom three, I think, unless they get someone remarkable to, um, to come in. And I didn't see that in their new import. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to struggle. And we got over the line against what I think is going to be an average team. So maybe that's not as good as it used to be. But, you know, any victory over Melbourne United is a good one. And then to turn the tables like they did almost all the way, you know, to lose in the dying minutes after a couple of lucky bank shots. You know, imagine having a couple of lucky bank shots. But you know, <laughs> yeah. Who would do that? <laughs> I did think of you at the but, time. Uh, yeah, so, you know, like, but the, the, they got absolutely hosed by New Zealand at home earlier in the season. Lost by 30 or something, I think it was. And, and uh, to turn that table and to, to, to play significantly better uh, shows that we're trending in the right direction. I thought, um, well, Melbourne, for starters, they need to recruit someone under 40. Uh, they've got the old Jurassic <laughs> team at the moment. They're not going anywhere, Sapper. But uh, I'm, I'm more interested in New Zealand because they did destroy us. We did turn around. And, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on the... I thought we got screwed in the last two minutes. We got up by two. There was an overturning of a call which went New Zealand's way by Mal Cooper on the sidelines. And oh, I God. thought I thought that was terrible. I, I don't think he had any right to overturn that. That changed the whole momentum of the game. And then New Zealand hit a few lucky shots and were able to turn around. I thought if we'd got that call, gone down and we'd scored, then the result could have been very, very different. Yeah, look, that was a big call in hindsight. And it, does, it is a momentum changer. And it did look like 
there was enough evidence to overturn it. I mean, well, even the biased uh, commentators in New Zealand were saying that should definitely upstand. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, you don't get that one back. But I, I just think you know sometimes you've got to make your own luck, and you know turnovers at the wrong times or missed shots or slow closeout. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that is in the, the Sixers' control still, and I thought they controlled. The, that game significantly well. Uh, now New Zealand were coming back from a big road trip from Tassie as well, so like that, they were. Um, I think it was Tassie anyway, and they, they were tired as well. So you didn't get the best of their defense either, because I had this said on the on the commentary that they arrived in at something like three o'clock in the morning that morning, and then had to play an afternoon game. So you know, rough old trip for the Breakers as well, but you know Sixers had to travel. And, yeah, I thought they did a good job. And is that call at the end of the game a costly one? Oh, yes, but, you know, I'm of the build that you make your own luck and there's a lot of other things in those close games that you could have taken care of. And, you know, you miss a rotation, you miss an offensive rebound, you you foul when you shouldn't, give some, you know, some free throws. Like, that sort of stuff is still within the Sixers' control. And if you get caught on the on the referee stuff, you're going to go crazy. But, Marzi, you always get caught on the referee stuff because you're the golden boy. And that's why I'm crazy, Sapper. <laughs> <laughs> now, now Sapper, um, Robert Franks was on breakfast uh, this morning and he, he sort of said that the team was building. He felt that, that everyone was getting a touch of the basketball, which was an interesting comment, I thought, and it's just what they needed. Is, is, did you notice any major difference without Craig Randall II in the team? Yeah, but uh, I also think it's just time together on the practice, you know, court because you can't blame Randall for all of the Sixers' woes. They were massively underdone at the start of the season, and for a number of reasons. But um, they're starting to play a little bit better as a group. No question, the ball was moving. Uh, there's one less mouth to feed. Hiram Harris gets more time. Like his his performance in that game was. Unreal and uh, Kyron Galloway yeah, he was came excellent. in and blew the game up. Yeah, so you know those guys. Well, yeah, I, I think particularly Hiram Harris. He didn't shoot the ball when he comes in. He just gets offensive rebounds, moves the ball. So sometimes it's about not necessarily the actual person, but it's the combination of scorers and hungry mouths that don't allow that ball to to move. Now, yeah, it, it looked bad because Randall had the ball in his hands, but who put the ball in his hands? Mm. You know, like, that's, they, they all did. So, you know, it's, it wasn't like he was running and, and you know, pushing them off, uh, off, the, off the line so they could get it, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a, you know, he's, uh, he, he's actually trying to, um, you know, do what the team was asking him, but I just think it was the wrong formula. So, you know, they've, they've figured that out. They're well and truly on their way to sharing the ball. You could just see the, the liveliness in the body language now. You know, Randall's going to be made the scapegoat for that, but I think that's unfair tag. I think it was just that they were underdone and they looked like a team that was early in the preseason. And that's what a lot of teams look like when they haven't had enough practice on. I agree. I thought uh, up to this point, a lot of players were underperforming and probably using yeah, that as a bit of a crutch. But what do you think on the timing of getting another import to come in and what sort of import do you think they should be going for? Well, I said this as soon as they sacked Randall, don't get one. They don't need one. Mm. They, they're, they're fine. Now. Oh, you want to go and get another scoring uh, you know, point guard? No, you don't. 
you've got the boomers point guard as a starter on that team. Mitch McCarron is exactly what they need because he doesn't try and shoot it all the time. That means DJ gets more shots. It means Robert Franks gets get more shots. It means Ant- Antonius Cleveland can you know take the odd one and still do his damage in the in the full court. Like they actually don't need more players. It means Sunday Detch gets more time. He's a good defender, but he was really struggling when they had that extra guard. So what do they need? They need to take a breath. You know, if things go wrong over the next five games, then sure, do it. But right now, they're not. They're actually trending in the right direction. You add another person in, you've got to start that whole pre-season process again. You people learning stuff, you know, like, unless he's incredible, you just leave it alone. Don't you get into that same, uh, if they're going along okay, and then you bring another Randall in, does it, does that then upset the chemistry is again, and you got to start all over? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely it does. Yeah. Clearly the players were upset with the chemistry to begin with. Why do you want another guy taking shots? Yeah. I can't imagine what player they would need that would, would make them significantly better, that doesn't shoot the ball. Well, we play uh, Perth. We, we play Perth tomorrow night, Sapper. Um they beat us here. It was kind of a coming out party for Brady Manick in that game. He went off uh, in that game and was his first, well, it was probably his career-saving game. Otherwise, I think he would have been sent home. Uh, they've obviously got Bryce Cotton. I don't think they've been firing on all cylinders and only just got over the line against us. I think we're a good chance in that. What are your thoughts for that game against Perth? How do we get the win? Yeah, I think we are a good chance as well. Brady Manick's not sneaking up with anyone. Now, what I liked about Perth in that previous game was the structure that they had. So when the Sixers have to show on an on-ball screen involving Bryce Cotton, which they have to do, which means that you know, the, the big defensive player has to come up and meet Bryce Cotton as he's coming off that screen, it means that the, the screener is a role threat. And early in the game, in, in that last game against the Wildcats, the, the back line of the defense was rotating and Perth weren't uh, penalizing the Sixers for that rotation scheme. But when they figured it out, they put Brady Manick and uh, another shooter, I can't remember who it was, on the rotation side so they couldn't rotate. They couldn't leave those two guys. And then all of a sudden, um, late in the game, they were getting easy pick and rolls because there was no, no rotation on the help. So... I reckon it might have been Webster. Okay. I reckon it was Webster and Manic yeah, that, that shot pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that it was just a good structural decision from John. Really, I thought that that um, that you know won that game. That meant that we kept rotating off Manic because you had to honour the roller. And what that happened then was that Manic made enough of those shots. So you know, will they? They'll have to come up with something different again. And it'll mean that you know, Kai Soto and, and uh, DJ will probably have to come out away from the basket again because you just can't leave Bryce Cotton coming off high on ball screens with no defensive pressure. So uh, I, that's the thing that the Sixers are going to have to figure out. If they can figure that out, then then they'll win. But I thought structure-wise, it, it wasn't an easy fix for CJ Bruton to, to muck around with that. So I'm interested to see what they do. But, you know... I see the Perth Wildcats. They're not as the Perth Wildcats were four years ago. It's the same guys, but they're four years older. Mm. <laughs> and that's not good. And, uh, so they're almost as old as the Melbourne United team. So I don't think that 
the Wildcats are as talented as they have been. They're older. They're not as dynamic defensively. And I will be saying this for decades to come, that Damian Martin was the key to that Wildcats. And I don't know what else he did, but it just made, he made everyone else better. So, you know, the, the end of the Wildcats era is the end of the Damian Martin era, and, it, and it's, it's obvious. All right, you can uh, catch that game tomorrow night also on SEN. Goss and Blahoff will be there uh, broadcasting that on SENWA. It might be on, on SENSA as well. I'm not 100% sure of that, but uh, might check that out later. Um, also, uh, uh, Sapper, we're not uh, broadcasting our next game until the Cairns game, which is Friday, December the 2nd, which means they have an eight-day break after this uh, game tomorrow night against the Wildcats. Does that come at a good time for the... For the uh, 36ers? No, I don't think it has. Uh, I think they're playing well. I'll be interested to see how they obviously perform uh, tomorrow against Perth. But I, I reckon they're ready to go. I, I think they've got some momentum there. And it would be better for them to play at the moment because I, I, I genuinely feel like they're feeling good about their their team. But you know, it gives another chance to people to tinker. And if they're going to bring that import in, well, maybe now is the time. You get eight days to... You know, get the offense going and and uh, introduce the new import. But I'd be very surprised if they're ready to pull the trigger on that. Like I said before, I prefer that they didn't. I just think they've got the personnel that they need, and they just need a little bit of airtime, and they'll perform better. So, uh, yeah, long break, bad timing. Who's um who's impressing you at the moment, Sapper? Sydney Kings sitting on top of the ladder on eight and two. New Zealand eight and three. Dropping all the way down to Illawarra, one and nine. And I don't know if you saw the game on the weekend between top and bottom teams, Sydney versus Illawarra, but Illawarra got done on the buzzer. Um, it was a fantastic finish to the game. So exciting. But Adelaide are sitting seventh, just outside the top six. And we know it's a top six are going through this year out of the 10 teams. So we're a very good chance. Uh, what teams uh, are you really excited by at the moment? Well, I'm off Kings when Xavier Cook isn't there because they show that they're not much better than the bottom team when Xavier Cook isn't there. Now, credit to Illawarra, Tyler Harvey was unreal. Mm. <laughs> he was the Tyler Harvey that came out two or three years ago and was unstoppable. And, and you know, but I don't see that being a long-term fix for Illawarra. They're just under-talented and they're going to struggle all year. But no, no question, Tyler Harvey was ready to go and he was phenomenal. So that kept them engaged. And without Xavier Cook, the King uh, not as good. He just, he just does everything. So when he's back, yeah, they're still the team to beat. And I don't hate them as much as Perth, but I almost hate them as much as Perth. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, and then, yeah, Tassie, I've always loved the way Tassie plays. People have been writing them off. I love the underdog stuff, and they, they sell it well, and they play tenacious defense. And, and New Zealand are the same as Tassie. So that was a real feisty game down in Tassie that last week, wasn't it? You know, like it, mm. it looked like it was going to boil over more than once. And uh, I just love the way that they play. They get right up and in underneath the offensive players' skin. And, and that's the recipe for success in this league. They've got to hit shots for sure. But Tassie almost beat New Zealand. And I'm pretty sure their import, name escapes me at the moment, wasn't playing that game. So, you know, they had uh, you know, a couple of big names back. But uh, that was, you know, certainly great to see those guys back after long injuries. But, um, yeah, I like Tassie. They're probably my sentimental favourite at the moment. Six is uh, well 
in the mix, but they've got to find uh, a level of defensive abrasiveness that's going to upset teams, and they haven't found that yet. There were glimpses of it in New Zealand where they were scrambling around, and again, I go back to Hiram Harris, but he makes them more de- more defensively versatile because he can show and double and switch on to different players. So um, I'd like to see Hiram get a bit more time if he's going to continue to play like that, uh, and Sixers will well and truly be in the mix of finals. Well, Sapper, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to joining you at uh, the Cairns game on Friday, the 2nd of December, live here on SENSA. Myself and Rupert Sapper will be bringing you that game. And uh, let's hope the Sixers can roll over the Wildcats tomorrow and come back and then beat the Taipans in Adelaide. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Sapper. Rupert Sapwell there. Thanks to Tire Power, brands you can trust like Maxxis Tires. Big holiday sale on now. Marzi, uh, just about time for us to go. It's uh, been a, a packed show. So much going on today. It's <laughs> oh, unbelievable. It is. You, know, you think midweek and you, you go, oh, what could possibly be happening? But there is so much rolling on around the world with World Cups and uh, cricket, rugby, all the different sports. So, yeah, it's great. Good timing. Thanks, thanks for coming in again and uh, hopefully uh, we get you back soon uh, to be my co-host. It's been fantastic once again. Thanks for listening to Sports Day. Have a fantastic night on this Wednesday and we'll see you tomorrow. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.